the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 139, recorded Saturday, April 19th, 2014, RTFM. AV Week is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. Good Saturday to you. Happy Easter, Good Friday, all that stuff. Happy Passover and such. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. I'm your host with us this week. Uh, his name is Mike Faulkner. He is the manager of engineering services at Avitexture. How are you, sir? Doing well. All right. Uh, also with us, uh, my favorite Crestron person in the whole wide world because he's going to, you know, I don't know. Uh, this is the guy that actually got me into Crestron, and that's a long story I'll tell you after a couple of I'm years. I'm sorry. Uh, his name is Kevin Iselli. He's the senior curriculum developer at Crestron Electronics. How are you, sir? Excellent. How are you? Excellent. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a number of different things. Uh, Jeremy Burkhart is back in uh, in the AV business, so we'll, 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 we'll muse over what that means. Uh, Microsoft's coming to town, uh, Las Vegas, in about two months to uh, Infocom. We're going to talk about what we think uh, they're going to they're gonna do and, and bring and show us. Uh, and Infocom International, speaking of the show, they're actually going to be at a, another show this very next week, if you're, if you're listening to this sometime between the 19th and the 20-ish, you know, 24th, 25th of, of April. Uh, they're going to be at a show in in um, in Washington, D.C. that's actually kind of cool, and we're going to talk about that a, a little bit. But first, uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Aviation, brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built upon? All right, uh, from our friends... Over at CE Pro and Julie Jacobson, um, who never let it be said that she can hold a secret, um, Jerry Burkhart is launching Origin Acoustics. I joke with Julie because I love Julie. Uh, Burkhart apparently is hooking up with a couple of different people from uh, Speakercraft. He's calling it Origin Acoustics. And here's the thing this is what's in- interesting. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Burkhart sent an, e- an email out. Apparently, to the gentleman, uh, the, the company that bought Speakercraft, and um, well, let's just say that he wasn't very nice to, uh, didn't think highly of how they're running his company or how he's running his their their old company. Um, basically, he says, "I have decided to launch a new brand and will deliver the service and product Speakercraft once stood for." <clears throat> Yeah, so Jeremy's not no no stranger to mincing words. Uh, let, let's start with this, guys. First of all, the speaker comp, the speaker industry, the speaker market, um, we're not missing a, a whole lot. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be flip, uh, but a lot of companies carry speakers, right? And and more than one manufacturer has told me, well, you know, really, there's only about three or four different fa- uh, factories around the world that really make speakers. So if you think of it in that way. You've got, you know, Meyer and you've got 
uh, JBL and EV and Crestron makes speakers and Extron makes speakers. You know, all these companies have speakers. So, Mike, we'll, we'll kick it off with you on this one. Exactly what is it that we think um, that Mr. Burkhart is going to bring to this to this already large market? Uh, is he going to bring anything different, anything new? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. We'll see what happens when it comes out. But, you know, I, I'm with you. Every, everybody's got their own speakers. Um, a lot of it comes down to name recognition, too, uh, especially with clients. If the client doesn't know a speaker brand, to be honest with you, they don't really care. How many times I've had a client say, oh, is these bows? <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know, it, it, to me, it's it's uh, another brand out there until I see and hear, uh, hear more than anything, uh, what they sound like. All right, uh, Mr. Speaker Manufacturer yourself, uh, Kevin uh, from Crestron. Um, what do we think that, that Jeremy's going to bring to to this market? Uh, or is he just going to bring his name and his his chutzpah to, to a new company? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, when you when you read the article, according to him, uh, he's going to bring some really cool stuff. So, um, I mean, your definition of really cool stuff can be very um, different it's subjective. than others. Yeah, of course, it's subjective. I, where, where I guess from a manufacturing standpoint comes in, yeah, is the moment we get our hands on the drivers, it's it's all about what we do with the electronics after that, crossovers and filtration and and uh, what we do to, um, you know, let's say, shape the sound. So what could he bring? Not sure. He's got, you know, a decent team there, but um, I, I personally would say I'd like a little bit better definition than really cool stuff. Yeah, the, the article was quoting one of the one of the uh, the uh, dealers who were invited. I, I believe it's in June uh, is when they're going to roll out some of their first products. So uh, it will definitely be interesting. It'll be because we need more speaker competition, of course. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So and, and and more competition isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, um, not at all. Uh, all right, moving Do on. From, huh? Do we know what the uh, company did that made him so mad? You know what? We don't. That's the thing. Uh, okay. And there's no telling. I mean, you know, there there really isn't any telling uh, what exactly the the old uh, speakercraft, the people who are running speakercraft now, did. Um, there are all sorts of legal mumbo jumbo. Apparently, uh, at one point they were they were quoting or they were claiming a uh, a a, um, a legal documentation saying that he couldn't work anywhere else, and so they were trying to get him not to get hired anywhere and. Um, you know, and I'm sure that there are, you know, uh, gag clauses somewhere where he can't exactly speak about what necessarily they did or didn't do. So, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. Uh, let's go from speakers to wireless mic systems. And, and the thing that kind of caught me this, Electrosonic is, is introducing a 256-bit encryption um, wireless mic system. And, and what caught me this was, was a couple different things. Um, there's actually a story this week that we're gonna we're gonna cover and probably right after this one about about the FCC uh, selling off and auctioning off more and more frequency. Uh, Kevin, let's do it with let's kick it off with you on this one. Is, is this kind of where we're headed with with encryption and, and digital transmission? Um, maybe something like three G or four G or something like that to get around um, 
the FCC getting rid of the rest of, you know, where we've lived for, for 30 and, and, and 35 years, uh, the FCC in their infinite wisdom continues to sell off our spaces. So is this kind of where we need to go with wireless mic systems? Is this sort of, you know, encryption and digital IO or, or we do, do we need to still maintain some sort of, of the 500, 600, 700 hertz, megahertz space? Well, I think there's there's got to be a you know a resolution to exactly what you said. I mean, the FCC, of course, is like slicing that pie up into smaller pieces, and it, we just keep seem to be losing ground on it. Um, so I think it's time to get a little creative. Uh, in fact, you and I, Tim, had that conversation of, you know, if only I knew somebody, or if only I had a patent on, why can't we just take this stuff and put it over IP? Because yeah. you know, voice over IP is very simple. Uh, you can get much more density. You can get quality of service. But again, when you start getting into the pro world, or even into uh, performance, uh, is it going to give you the quality you're looking for? That I, you know, I haven't played with it because it doesn't. It's not out there really. But yeah, I mean, for this uh, for this situation, when you start to lose ground or you start to lose the environment you live in, your only your only course of action is to try to make better what you have. Uh, or make better what you have to use, and it seems like that's what they're doing here, uh, making it more secure, giving the 256 uh, encryption. Yeah, fantastic. It, it gives us, uh, you know, you don't have those bleed overs. You get more secure environments. You can use them in facilities and government where you know you don't want anybody tapping in into under your resource, especially in the wire wireless uh, arena. So I think it's definitely a change in the positive, and uh, I'd like to see it actually flourish pretty well. Yeah. Mike, Mike, who are we? Uh, who are we? Who who is Electrosonics aiming at here? Is it is it strictly government or is it somebody else? Um, I don't think it's government. It's the um, the high end corporations. There's uh, uh, we do a lot of the encryption microphones in DC, not necessarily for government, but for government contractors, mm. um, and sometimes of the uh, the. The corporations, the 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 uh, people that are trying to make sure that nobody's snooping in on everything. Um, their 128 version that they had out a few years back, we sold a bunch of those. Um, companies like it because they know they can change the encryption right away and and move on with their their uh, meeting and know that it's going to take a long time for somebody to decrypt something like that and they feel safe about it. Um, when it comes to the going Wi-Fi and, and the 802.11, blah, 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 um, sure, the MXW, they're doing Dante over wireless, and mm. so I see this starting to become more and more you know, popular with everybody. Uh, does it help with the corporate buildings that are completely packed with way too many wireless access points already? No. No. Um, places are flooded. It's hard to find channels that are open. Things drop out. There's no real uh, consensus when it comes to a building-wide wireless system. You get one company below the next, and they're stomping on somebody else's. It, it, to me, it becomes more of a problem. Okay, so let's let's talk about this then. If, if you... Because are you talking about putting Dante on its own its own network or are you talking about putting it on the existing wireless network? They have their own access point and um, 
it broadcasts all of the microphones for their their what their MXW wireless mics. Uh, we don't want to put it on somebody else's you know client's network or use it for anything else because God forbid the mic drops out and say and then nobody will hear it. So, <laughs> well, and that's that's what I was going to ask is if. And this is a big if, okay? So don't don't even yell at me. If they're confident enough in their wireless system, um, couldn't you build in? You know, I don't know if buffers is, is the right word, but but it's the best one I've got. You build in buffers to where you know maybe a, a microsecond or a, a tenth of a second, you know, where it's it's constantly buffering that audio, and you still use their existing their existing wireless, um, you know, a number of, of companies, uh, you know, control companies and, and, and video, well, not video companies, but uh, control companies are the best one I could think of right now. They have devices where, yes, you can purchase their their access point, but you can also jump on, on the company's wireless as well uh, and still maintain that, that connectivity and you get feedback and, and this, that, and the other. Would that make sense or is that too complicated? Am I, am I simplifying something that's too complicated? I think with something that has to be real-time like a microphone, you know, if it's going to a video conference or if it's being recorded or if it's going to an overflow room or even just reinforced, if the delay becomes too much, people will not use it. They will just mm. pick up the wired mic and go from there. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. All right, uh, real quickly, we've got to mention, I'm just going to mention this unless you, either of you want to want to comment on this. The FCC did, it, it, they are kind of uh, re-look, they're looking at the, the rules for, for the Spectrum auction and apparently, uh, according to Ars Technica, um, they're making they're putting rules in there where people like Verizon and Sprint and AT and T and the and the big boys uh, would be prohibited from bidding on up to one third of the auctioned off spectrum in a given area. So you know, somebody like Sure or Sennheiser or I don't know, Jeremy Burkhart could bid on 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 the uh, the remaining uh, the remaining spectrum and you know maybe gift it to the to the the AV industry. I don't know. Uh, this is from EE Times, and it's it's. I'll tell you what, EE Times is one of those blogs that I'll read from time to time just to get stories, and this is one that I'm kind of glad, especially with Kevin being on. Um, so here's the deal: there's there's a company out there that's working on a bit reducer, um, and the way and i don't understand how they're doing it so don't don't expect me to to uh magic uh, huh magic <laughs> magic yeah um so but I, I saw this and i read this article and i'm immediately thinking of some of my my um um my dm classes my digital media classes where you know uh mr iselli here has has thoroughly taught me everything that i know about dm and, and digital video he is. He he goes about an hour at least talking about the ones and zeros and, and how doing deep color and, and this that and the other is 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 bit prohibitive and doing 4K is is getting you know more and more especially over longer distances. Um, so, Mr. Iselli, Mr. Mr. DM trainer, is something like this? Are we going to have to do something like this where we're taking the ones and zeros and crunching them down even further to get? 4K because everybody's talking about 4K um, to get it to go over DM and get it to go over the Twisted Pair solutions or, get, or even get it to go over honestly HDMI 2.0 farther than than maybe five or six feet. The short answer would be yes. Okay, we have to be more creative. I mean, we're looking at uh, when we look at some of the numbers and we crunch out some of the numbers. It's 
Um, I mean, we're pushing the limits of the, you know, the physical nature of copper and, and, and our infrastructure. Um, something has to be done. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, how, how we get there, maybe this is a step in the right direction. I mean, you know, we look with, uh, with Valens and HD-based-T, you know, which is the, the technology that we use, um, we're knocking on the door of its, its upper limitations as well. So, And that's you know, just for, a 1080p, right? Oh no! I mean, even at 4K, um, we're getting we're getting pretty close to the threshold of okay. what this stuff is capable of doing. Um, so, yeah, for evolution's sake, if you will, to get those next those next jumps, we'll we'll see. Um, but technology definitely has to make a advancement again. Is it? Um, I was going to say, is it is it one of those things where where because you mentioned the, the limitations of copper? Because I know fiber can go farther, right? And and you can technically do more with with the light. Does that have the same limitations, or are we pushing those limits with with the fiber, um, or does that have a little bit more more buffer room? Well, there's a little bit more buffer there because of you know the op the nature of optics. Uh, we can get some pretty high speeds out of it. I, I think um, I I believe we had this conversation. I mean, we're talking about even in the broadcast industry, they're they're facing challenges of you know when you take that camera that's supposed to be capturing that. At 4K or you know uh, the the rumors of 8K, if you will, that's a tremendous, an absolutely astonishing amount of data that has to go from that CMOS or that pickup device and get converted into a file, you know, or even a frame. And uh, I've heard some rumors that uh, they're looking at optical sensors, even in cameras, that will, you know, get it get into the excess of a terabit per second. Uh, and but I mean. If you think of it the way, you know, the directionality of how, how this is going and how it's taxing our infrastructure, we have no choice but to go there because, you know, the demand for higher resolution is, uh, you know, it's, is crushing down around us. I mean, look at how fast we had to, you know, I mean, we're not reacting. Uh, this is a product we've been working on for a number of, uh, a number of years, actually, but doing 4K through copper is, uh, it, it definitely takes a little bit of skill set, which is why, you know, the... The guys in, in 22 or the engineering building, if you will, they they work tirelessly. I mean, I you know, I, before we started, I showed you the cards. I just got some 4K cards that I'm going to run through and test. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I, I talk with these guys all the time, and it's just amazing how much um, how much thought and how much process goes into getting a signal from point to point. It sounds like the easiest thing to do, uh, but it's really not. Uh, it, it's uh, there's a lot of challenges that go along with it, and uh, you know it's it's. I quote, let's say the 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 head guy Justin. He goes, "Imagine we just turned the clock back to 2009. You know, that's that's about what we're facing. Oh wow. Uh, with te- with you know the changes in technology. So, you know, just you know, caution to the wind. I, is it possible? Absolutely. Uh, what's the next evolutionary step? I think it's going to be more. It may have to be more creative. We have to uh, come up with better uh, front-end products, uh, like what Fruja is doing here. Uh, even some uh, change of compression. You know, there's uh, HEVC and then 265. I mean, these are def- definitely directions we need to look at. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned you mentioned broadcast, and that was one of the conversations I had with some guys that that went to NAB. Was you know, are there is there anything seriously about you know in, in, in a serious nature um doing live broadcast uh in 4k 
And there really wasn't. I mean, there, there was there was a handful of cameras out there, and there was a handful of solutions, but most of it was all was all uh, you know capture. Uh, it's and, all capture and post. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when you also you're still looking at the content. Um, I know through YouTube, there's um, there's a number of uh, pieces that you can download for 4K. Um, you know, my favorite is the cute puppy race. I mean, <laughs> two minutes and 44 seconds, but I could just watch that for. Two minutes, and five seconds, maybe. Um, but again, you're you know the content is still it's got to be developed. Yeah. I mean, we're it's the chicken and the egg thing. We've talked had this conversation. There's Many no times. content. Oh yeah, there's content. You can upscale everything. You know how you feel about that for upscaling. <laughs> I mean, upscaling is definitely you can't create out of nothing. Hey, you know you can you can get you you can get Ghostbusters in 4K. No, you actually can't. <laughs> yes, you, it says 4K. No, it says mastered in 4K. Uh, it is a 1080p output, uh, and it's just uh, what they took the content from. Okay, if you say, but it says 4K on the box. It says mastered in 4K. There's a whole bunch of those. I know. Please read the box. I know. Read the back of the box too. I, I, I do that to to tease. All right, Mike. Uh, how does this affect guys like you and me? Um, Integrators in the field that you know, either the the client is saying, "I want this," you know, I've I've got I, you have one small closet, it's two hundred fifty feet away from all my displays, <laughs> and I want four K. So, <laughs> Mister Faulkner, how are you going to get there? I mean, is it something like this, or is it like 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 we're talking about? Because you know, Kevin's not not kidding here. We we are pushing the limits here. So, how are I we going to get there? Is it something like this, or is it something else? Uh, I think this is absolutely the step in the right direction, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if there were other companies that are going to start coming out with compression systems like this. Um, you know, working it for internal companies right now, I don't see it exploding that much. But I really think is going to be the content providers, the Directv's, the Comcasts, mm. you know, all of the cable companies. They need to get 4K to your house. And you know, to the to the other buildings, and oh, they oh, only have so much. Pick me. Oh, 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 you have. Oh, 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 oh. I, see, I see a hand. Yes, Four, sir. Can I help? Four K to the house, huh? Can we get 1080p first? Yeah, right. Well, yes. Well, <laughs> what, what, no, you know, and like to, to bring up kind of fine point the, the that what Tim was talking about. I mean, you're talking about 250 or 300 feet, or you're looking at a technology here. Um, and we've come out and even said this. What what's scaring us the most is a lot of people are taking the technology or they're copying and pasting from Valens, mm-hmm. uh, which of course they're they're the the founders of the HD Base T Alliance, if you will. And you know, Valens says that we can do 100 meters at 4K with this special cable. And you know, quite honestly, guys, we have that cable, and it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> We've we've been able to successfully get 70 meters out of it, and and that's maintaining their test criteria. Um, we go a little bit further, of course. Crestron always wants to make sure for you and the end user that they're getting the best experience possible. So we use um, the HDMI specification, which basically, in short, I would say you're allowed to have no more than one error per billion bits transmitted. Okay. Now, when you start doing that math, that you know, escalates very quickly. Uh, you take a 1080p six, uh, signal at 60 hertz, 
And a billion bits happens just about every quarter of a second, right? So every 20 frames, you've passed a billion bits. Now, take that to 4K. Yeah. Right? <laughs> now, we got four times the resolution. Uh, four times the bits, if you will, or four times four times the bits, four times the pixels. You're going to hit that threshold much quicker. And to us, making making sure that the system works means that we're supplying you with the more stringent uh, testing protocol, and that happens in this case to be HDMI. Okay, so let me let me extrapolate out of that then. Um, should there then be fewer than one error per? You know, per billion bit. I mean, are we talking about, you know, one error per five hundred billion bits or something like that? Well, be, understand that when we're talking an error per billion bits is with how it's encoded with TMDS, how they encode the eight bit, ten bit. You're looking at a ten bit word uh, versus just your eight bit, you know, format. And into that is built a uh, like a singular bit error correction. So think of it like the old uh, the alpha for military. You set a word to represent a letter, and if you missed part of that word, you could still understand what the letter was because no word sounded the same as any other letter. So they did the same thing. 8-bit, 10-bit encoding is not anything new to the industry. Uh, but what it does for us is if I miss a bit out of that word, I still know what that word is. Okay, so we're not like dropping pixels or something like that. Correct. Not okay. not at that point. When you start to get lots of bits or you know bit errors, if you will, you st you gain into that threshold of having uh, you know as we all called it the sparkling video, right? Where in the darker fields you see those little white pops or mm -hmm. the little white pixels, uh, and then of course you know the next step, nothing, right? So <laughs> um, th there is a three mode, if you will, of operation. You got as good as it's going to get, you got uh, some data rate integrity where you're getting some sparkling video, and then you've got no video at all. So, you know, you're, you're, you got three choices. Pick one. <laughs> pick me. Pick me. Yeah, exactly. Good night. All right. Uh, the, all right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Mike uh, Mike Faulkner is here from uh, from Avitexture as well as Kevin Iselli from Crestron Electronics. Uh, this is the point of, of the show where we we thankfully and and happily. Uh, thank our our, our, our sponsor. Um, yeah, AV Nation is sponsored by uh, Middle Atlantic Products. And give me a second here while I bring up their pretty little webpage. Um, this is this is something that's kind of cool that that uh, we we worked out a deal with them uh, and and their their TechPed um, their TechPed uh, product here. Basically, what you've got is is what they did with their credenzas. They've done with with a uh, a conference room table. Honestly, um, they. <laughs> Kevin's showing me his Middle Atlantic product in, uh, invoice or packing slip or something. Yep. Um, a, uh, you've got all kinds of options. You've got wire mold, power, all sorts of stuff. Basically, and I'm showing you here, the if you're watching the video, it's, it's, it's got a, a demonstration of how they make it. Basically, you've got two pedestals. They also have a, a single uh, pedestal version for like huddle rooms, but the one they're showing on the website here has the two legs. Inside those legs, you've got racks. And then you put the table on top. The uh, the cable uh, poke through comes through, so you can you can pull cables out of them, um, and then you put the table on, you put the coverings on the table, and bada bing, bada boom, you have a pretty little conference room table. That oh yeah, by the way, has racks built into them, so that's kind of freaking cool. Um, actually, I did a job this week where I've I've waited for three months for this custom mill work, and. Uh, <laughs> Had I known about this product three months ago, I would have suggested they used it because 
what they got for three months and however much they spent for it. It was not worth it. So uh, they should have done this. Uh, the uh, the Mid-Atlantic TechPed product. Check it out if you would, please. MiddleAtlantic.com forward slash aviation hyphen TechPed. MiddleAtlantic.com forward slash aviation hyphen HeckPed. Typhon, good Lord, I can't speak this morning. Hyphen TechPed. Middle Atlantic products. What great systems are built upon. Good night. It's Saturday, and I don't know. I can't talk to you, I guess. So, I have to say, those, those guys are great. They are. We do, we do a lot of work yeah. with them. I actually have an RDR in my house for, for running for all my stuff, and that thing is just fantastic. Is that what your – that rack that you the, – with all your stuff in it? No, that's actually just uh, – that's just a Jelly. rack that I'm putting stuff in. The house – I literally, my, the, my gear that's for my house is in one of the residential design racks mm. that – it, the the assembly was just unlike nothing I've ever seen. Fantastic. Very cool. All right, uh, let's go to Electronic House. Ten million connected smart home appliances are expected by 2017. Ten million, and you know, all three of us probably have at least one of those million in our house. Um, nope. No, you don't have any any internet connected home smart home appliances at all. Absolutely not. You don't have an iPad. Well, it depends on what you mean by smart. That's exactly it. See, that's are my TVs connected to the internet? No. Can they be though? Sure. Okay. I don't need a twelfth way to watch Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) That that is that it's very valid. I I do need another way to watch Amazon Prime, and if 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 I if the Apple guys could get on that, that would be lovely. Thank you. If I could get, Please, I've, had, uh, I've got a few devices that do it. Really? And it's my 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 wife of all people who is is the test bed because she chooses which interface she likes the most to be able to watch Netflix. Okay. Some of them are better than the others, and uh, the TV one, and I'm not going to mention the manufacturer. Um, it's not that great to interface with. The interface isn't new. Uh, that's actually why I, I cut Hulu Plus because none of the interfaces were all that great. Uh, the, the Roku one was not all that hot, and and the uh, the the uh, uh, Xbox Xbox interface, it was just it was horrible. Um, and so yeah, you know whatever. I, I've got Netflix and Amazon Prime, and um, uh, at the uh, the Apple TV, the guys that developed for that have have really come a long way, and. There are a number of different apps and, and, and channels on that one, and, and obviously the Roku one has, good Lord, a, a bazillion different uh, channels, everything from you can watch Sky News um, and the BBC Live to you know, obviously Netflix and, and other stuff. So, uh, But here's the question for you guys. Stuff like this, the, this, this Internet of Things thing, this, this, these connected devices, are they going to help or are they going to hurt our, our, the, the, the automation business, the, the pro-AV business. I mean, is this one of those things where all of these devices connected together, yay, awesome, groovy, everything from the Nest to your refrigerator, um, and it just gives you know, guys like Mike and me, you know, your customers, Kevin, um, more things to, to gather information from and, and make it a really cool experience, or is it going to be, hey, I have these devices, I don't need, you know, uh, an automation system. I don't need a control system because I have all these devices, all of these, you know, all my handy dandy little apps. Um, you know, wh- which is it going to be? Is it going to? Are these going to hurt us or are these going to, to help the uh, the AV industry? I, I have to say that that's a 
I don't want to call it a trick question. Okay. Um, but it, it's one of those fine questions, you know, the, to walk a line. When I, I think back to when uh, my wife and I moved, we were looking for a washer and dryer. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at all these washers, we're going to all the big box houses, and the absolute childlike excitement that filled me, I mean, just spilled over when I got a hold of, there was a GE, and there, won't forget, the, there was a GE, and on the back of it was a DB9. What? And I'm pointing <laughs> at this thing going, this is the one we're getting. We're getting this one. <laughs> and, of course, it wasn't in the right color, right, because no. it wasn't in red. Mm-hmm. So she said, why do you want that one? I said, because I can talk to it. <laughs> And I can. I already had the the graphics on the touch panel of the showing it oh, spinning yeah. the wash. Mm-hmm. I had everything all laid out in my head, and and we ended up getting the red one. So it just sits there and doesn't talk to anybody. <laughs> so um, I have to ask what what are you expecting to get from your your washing machine? I don't care. Okay. I want to know. What, okay. I mean, spin cycle, what it's doing, how much suds. I, I don't care. Um, you get a text every time it goes into the spin cycle. Oh, absolutely. Good. I'm almost absolutely. done. Yay. Almost done. Right. <laughs> you know, finish up that last uh, pork slider and get home and unload the washer. Um, do I? Th- I think that, like what you were saying, Tim, with multiple apps, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of having an app for every single appliance or having a, you know, something that you have to go in, close this one, get into that one. Oh, you want to change the channel? you got to close that app, get into this app. It just becomes very convoluted, and I think that actually elevates the necessity or elevates the awareness of the, the integrator, right? Like, like Mike can take a system and completely integrate it into one interface or one app that all they're doing is opening and having control of everything all at a fingertip. Do I think it's a great idea to do smart devices? Yeah, it provides that cool factor. But I I think it's more necessary now more than ever that that custom integrator uh, is there to take all of those devices and bring it down into one location. So I mean, it, it's it's a I think it's a benefit uh, having more and more of these devices do this. I mean, we've got relationships with Bosch and some of the other folks uh, that make these devices. We have modules for them and everything, and that's great. I mean, you can it's not going to tell you your milk went sour, right? But uh, it definitely will. It gives you feedback of what what the devices are doing. No, one of the information is great. One of the cool things, and, and I I kind of poked fun at you guys when this happened. It was a a press release. Good lord, six nine months ago, and it was. It was some stove. It was a high-end stove somewhere. I can't think of the name of the of the the, the uh, manufacturer, but I looked at that and I'm like, "Great, I can control my stove now." Okay. Heck yeah! You sit there, and bump up the temperature around your app. I, 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 if if I leave the 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 burner on, then yeah, <laughs> yes. But but I I, I could. See, that's a really good point. It's yeah, a very good point. It. Yeah. So so Mike, yeah. it, it, to Kevin's point, all these things, you know, kind of in the ether there. That helps us. I mean, it, it, it does it not? Where where we can go in now and say we can take your twenty apps and turn them into one one Crestron app or one one control app. Correct, provided they release the API. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I have no control of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, I, I 
I think it's fun. I think it's a doorway for uh, the middle class to start having these automated homes, not the the rich guy who lives in his big house that, you know, oh, I want everything automated. Well, what would you like? Oh, I don't know. Um, now, you know, housewives are shopping for the refrigerator that goes out to the Internet and sees, you know, oh, I'm out of milk. Oh, this one's on sale. Get the coupon. I think that's kind of cool. Um, don't necessarily need the NSA to find out that I'm out of milk and send me an email. But, you know, mm-hmm. um or tell you that your milk consumption is alarming. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you use raw milk, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that would be really bad. Um, with uh, with all these different devices, uh, again, I, I commented about the washing machine. There, you know, there's some things that I really don't care. But HVAC, uh, I, I do think the stove is a good idea to make sure it turns off. Um, you know, integrate with your lighting and everything else that's in the house. I, I like it. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool concept. More things are coming out with it. The, the umpteen amount of apps is hindering people from, from buying this. I think we should step up the, the integrator getting into the, the middle class homes. I, th- I think it's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that um, I don't know who wrote a piece that a uh, month or so ago about the middle class, about that middle market, and how it's become it's 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 seemingly difficult to get in there. But I think yeah, you know before things, we started. Sorry, yeah, Tim. Yeah, that's right. I was gonna say that, that um, stuff like this is gonna help that. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, before we started, we were talking about the uh, the RMC three. Mm, yes, yeah. You know, that small that small processor that has all the connectivity you would want. I mean, we. It, now, expands expandable, of course, you know, for the number of devices. But you know, you take that very cost-effective device, and now all of a sudden, yeah, it's the brain center of your entire home. Yeah, I mean, you could take an RMC and you could control a thirty-story building. I mean, that. Uh, no, we discussed that. <laughs> I don't see why not. I mean, that's. Just... Of course, you it's don't. got a core three. Oh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> wow, very well done. Uh, Microsoft is bringing a data culture to the Internet of Things. Speaking of the Internet of Things, um, they've got a number of things going on, and I wanted to, to bring this in just to talk about Microsoft for a second in general. Um, looking over the, the Infocom uh, floor plan, the Infocom show 2014 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, Big booth. Huh? Big booth. Big booth. Big booth. Um, yeah. in the opposite- Bigger than ours. Slightly bigger than yours. Really? Slightly. Yeah. Um, well, here let's let's bring up the old uh, the old. I think they're hundred by hundred. I don't think they're that big. Yeah. Because yeah. we're like one hundred by ninety, I believe. Yeah, you guys are one hundred by ninety. I don't think that they are that big. Hang on. They're bigger than us. They have the biggest booth. See, I don't. I, hang on, hang they on. They have the biggest booth. I'm sure they, they make do. a lot of money. I'm yes, sure they, they do. do. <laughs> they make more money than you guys do. Just saying. They make more money than money's made. Well, this is true. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the Crestron booth. You'll be able to do this in June. Uh, We'll pace it off. I don't want to do it in June. I want to do it now. Okay. 
Okay, so you guys are booth C7008. So there it is. 100 by 90. Eighty by one thirty. That's what it was. Eighty okay. by one thirty. Yeah. Okay, so I I, I, I remember the ninety being in here. So yeah, you guys are nine thousand square feet. They are ten thousand four hundred square feet. So yes, they are a bigger. Shut up, Kevin. All but right. as I understand, it's not the size; it's what you pack into it. Well, that is what I understand. So yes. nice segue, by the way, because here's the question: <clears throat> What are they going to pack into it? What are they bringing to Infocom? Um, and if you know officially and can't say, that's fine, Mr. Isley. Um, but if you if you know and can say, that's Ruby too. Or if you guys just want to pontificate, here's here's what I I, I think at least, uh, based on a couple of different articles and, and things where they're going, um, they're going to bring this whole you know this whole um, um, home and corporate boardroom automation thing together. They're not not that they're going to try to be Crestron or AMX or anybody. But um, I have a feeling that things like Link and things like the Xbox One, where they're trying to be, you know, the center hub of your entertainment world, uh, will definitely be on display there. So those are my two cents. Uh, Kevin, we'll kick it off with you in, the, in this one. What uh, what do you think Microsoft will be packing into their ten thousand square foot uh, 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 booth? Crestron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, say what you. What do you hope? I said what do you think? Well, I mean, you know, with the launch of our smart space and uh, uh, Crestron RL, that is a link system, right? Um, we've been partners with Microsoft for a number of years. Um, they're one of the largest deployments of uh, Fusion there is in the world. Um, do, do I actually don't? Uh, uh, if, if I knew, I would tell you maybe. Uh, but uh, I, I actually don't know what they're planning. Uh, I think it's a it's a it's a great reason for them to be there. Um, I showed you a picture that said converge, mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> and uh, we we've been talking for years and years and years, let's say, about convergence of HD and IT, and Microsoft being, of course, the pinnacle of uh, let, let's call it the IT industry, if you will, is making their appearance at uh, Infocom. Tim, do you remember the date of that picture that I sent you? I want to say it was 2001 or 2003. Yeah, it was 2003. Yeah. So for for over 10 years, Crestron has been bringing to market the name or you know the 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 mantra of convergence of that these industries are are melding together. Um, hopefully, after you know 10 plus years of saying this, with the presence of Microsoft, people are going to say, "Hmm, I think these industries are merging together." <laughs> Uh, and like I said, you'll, you'll, um, I, I can't tell you for sure what they're going to do because I just don't know. Um, but is it going to be probably what you have depicted of having Link and RL? Absolutely. Um, you know, Crestron, we are a Link facility. We're federated with a number of our um, integrators and such. So um, it's a fantastic product. I mean, I use it every day uh, for communication, not only to my peers, but even outside. And uh Meetings, uh, you know, joining me, doing meetings like we do, uh, our RL rooms that we have across all of our of the Crestron offices. Mm -hmm. um, again, I'm I'm excited about seeing them there. Yeah, I am too. Uh, Mike, from your standpoint, what do you think? Uh, what do you think um, uh, Microsoft's going to bring to Infocom this year? 
Um, obviously, Link, you know, is going to be huge. I think they're also going to try and push how their office product is going to be able to uh, expand and, and, and integrate with these conference rooms. I, I'm not exactly sure anything past that. They're going to surprise us, though. I mean, that's for sure. It, it, you know, building a booth that big, they're going to have something to something big to show off. I can only guess, though. <laughs> I hope they just have one product in the very dead center. <laughs> And like a spotlight <laughs> on top of it. Yeah, five foot square. Yeah, <laughs> five foot square. Thirty people on segways driving around it. Yes, oh, that'd be awesome. With with uh, with submachine guns, you know, you you will not, you shall not pass type things. Yeah. All right. Uh, as we wrap up here, a couple things. Uh, first of all, kudos to uh, to our fellow uh, panelist here, uh, Kevin Iselli. SCN has named Crestron one of the top. Uh, manufacturers and best customer training and support. You guys got the award. Uh, here, not, here. Not only for the closest thing to teleportation for your fast <laughs> shipping like uh, and freight <laughs> policy, uh, but also as well as the frequent buyer smiles, the best dealer rewards, spiff, co-op, dollar dealers, etc., trips, and so on and so forth. Uh, first question is, and, and uh, Kevin, I'll, I'll let you end up on this one. So, Mike, this will go to you first. Not only Crestron, but a number of different companies. Uh, Biamp was on there. Middle Atlantic, our, mm-hmm. our wonderful sponsor, uh, Vadio. Uh, how do these? How do these companies continue to do it? How do they continue to keep delivering? Um, no pun intended with with <laughs> Crestron's award. But how do they keep keep delivering the service that not only dealers like you and me um, expect and need, but also the end user. How do they keep, you know, um, satisfying us uh, day in and day out? It's a big investment. And a lot of these companies, um, you know, even Extron has had uh, uh, their S3 support, I think is what it was called. And, And I was told many, many years ago when, you know, your phone call hits more than three rings, an alarm goes off. They really want to make sure that we as integrators are taken care of, and that means we're going to push their product, and then, you know, that means the client is going to like the product and want to come back for it. Um, you know, Crestron, you guys have, your training is fantastic. Um, we go every year to the master's course, and it always, you know, gives us more ideas. It, 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 it's a big geek fest. We all love it because we get to come from all different parts of the country, even the world, and sit around and talk about, oh, I did this cool thing and this cool thing. And you know, with Biamp, not, not just the support, I wanted to bring up their training. Every single service tech we get, uh, uh, all of the new guys that come in, we, we send them to the Biamp training because it's not just a good class on their product, but they actually teach good fundamentals of audio. So it's good best practices, things like that. I love it. It's it's fantastic to have. These companies focus on the service to us. We then push their product, and it, it matters. Yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Iselli, how do you guys continue to, uh, to, to deliver the service that, that you guys do? And uh, is it a, is it a culture thing? Is it you know um, from the top down from Mr. Feldstein and, and Randy? I mean, how do you guys continue to do it? Wow, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, 
the you know it, it was I just got back from Boston yesterday and uh, I was in a class I did a, a class there and I'm bringing this up because it um, it, it kind of helps. Um, there was a student that wanted a little bit more out of the class than what his anticipation was, and uh, this isn't calling the studio. This is actually this is actually a plea, if you will, to the industry. I mean, we're such a small community, um, and we sometimes take uh, we get a little complacent, or we take for granted what people know or what people don't know, or we sometimes forget maybe um, you know the stepping stones to get there. And Tim, you and I have had this conversation many times. And I pose this class in every single every I, sorry I pose this question in every single class. Raise your hand when you had your and the year that tell me the year that you got your master's in AV integration. Um, you know none of us actually go to school for this. Um, we kind of wind up here um, through you know. An interest, uh, a spark, a desire, something that that fascinates us. How do we do it every year? Um, I rely very heavily on the feedback of the people that are sitting in the chairs in my class. I mean, again, I I I am not sitting where you're at at this point, and that's not a, a, a horrible thing. But uh, what I mean is, I don't know where your experience level lies. I need from you what exactly it is that Crestron can do. Or any manufacturer will do the same thing. What is it that we can do to provide you with 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 the skills you need, as I call it, for survival? Um, you know, we we talk about the the classes that uh, Crestron offers for even for training and and uh, my DM classes that uh, that uh, I maintain. I'm I'm you know I'm on like my ninth revision of the class, and it's only been out there for for four and a half years. Um, it, it's it's an evolutionary process. We have to keep up to date. We have to keep moving. Um, and that goes the same thing even with support. Um, as as Crestron, let's say, grows, and as we provide more um, products that that uh, are, are the wonderful integrators that we have or that we've partnered with, keep using it, it builds more of a a service model for us. We have to we have to do better. We have to um, we we have to take care of our our uh, our, our client base better. Um, and it's not without challenges. And I, I think. How do how does that come to play? Is it, it has to involve everybody? For example, I I talk with the guys in tech support all the time because mm-hmm. if I don't know the challenges that they are seeing from you guys that that are let's say if you will the integrators as installing, if I don't know the common challenges that they see, I don't know that that's an area that I need to ramp up education on, right? So um, how do we do it uh, with a lot of work? Uh, and it doesn't always uh, just click into place. There's there's a lot of things that we'll do and have to modify or or, or adjust, um, but it's all part of growth. Um, and hopefully, you know, we continue to strive for excellence. I'd, I'd like to be, you know, I like that list that you, you sent out. I'd like us to be there in, in every single category. Um, you know, it's it's just it's a it's an insurmountable task that we you know we try to take on every single day. Um, Let me just we'll say something real quick. Yeah. Um, there's absolutely there's nothing worse than when you call up a support line and you're hearing the guy and or he's reading the manual to you. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, it, most of us we've already gone through the manual, at least the, the ones that are worth the salt. We've read the manual, RTFM. We've read the manual, and now we're calling because we are past the problem. 
uh, or I've even called, you know, Crestron, just, you know, perfect example. I've called up and said, look, I know this is crazy. I just need somebody to talk this through. And when you have guys in the O-line going, okay, go, shoot, what do you think? And I'm going through the steps of everything that I've troubleshooted. Okay, I, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. When you're under pressure and you don't have a perfect example, my government agencies, they don't have Internet access for me. <laughs> I just need somebody to bounce off like, okay, I've tried this, I've tried this. Did I miss something? Yeah, you should try. Oh, that's the one thing I forgot. Yeah, you don't want to hear, oh, is it plugged in? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and then Mike. It that's really a, that's matters. Very, yeah. yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we had a technical director that, you know, he would drill into the guys on the phone here that it's okay to say to the end user, to the guy on the phone, saying, "Look, you know, I don't know uh, what's going on, but if you give me a minute, let me ask somebody." Yeah. Uh, sometimes saying that I don't know the answer is is the right answer. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm with you. I mean, when you call up and you're just reading from the manual, that gets frustrating. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody can do that. Most people don't, but anybody mm -hmm. can do that. Um, yeah, the, the the customer service has to improve uh, for all those reasons you said, Mike. I mean, if you feel comfortable, if you can call us and you walk away with a great experience, you want to use us more. And, yeah, I mean, come on, we're all coin-operated. So everything that uh, we can do to make your experience better is, is very important to us. Yeah. We take we do take so service and support very seriously. Yeah, and that's that's also been my experience, not just with with Questron, but other companies as well that uh, that are on that list. But w I, a quick story: um, I have called the Chicago office more than <clears throat> once, and so much <laughs> so that there are our two service. Uh, 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 guys there that that I've actually gotten to know very well uh their voices and everything one's Peter and one's Julian and he'll say hey this is Julian I'm like holy cow you know and I'll just say hey Julian's Tim from um from Monday communication he's like hey how you doing and, and we'll we'll sit and, and BS for a second and then I'll tell him you know I didn't read the manual and I didn't plug it in go so uh yeah, yeah and I'll tell you what there there there's definitely um, one of the things that I think I, I take part of that Crestron does is, is that very thing. When you when you're calling into one of our support offices or when you're getting somebody, we're not trying to chit chat with you because we want to make you feel good. Um, it's because we want you to feel comfortable. And as, as you just said, Tim, you you got a couple of guys in this office and you've become comfortable with them and you feel like you can converse with them and. Yeah. Getting you guys to open up and talk to us is very important. It's honestly, it's one of the reasons why I can't do text call support. It's not because I can't talk on the phone. You talk it's because I'm much. not that guy that can sit there and have you explain what your problem is, and I know the answer. Uh, I'm that guy that if I'm standing in front of the gear, I'll be done in a few minutes, and we'll have we'll have a beer together. I I got to see it right. Uh, so I give these guys a lot of credit to be able to systematically go through, you know. Uh, situations that are causing heartache and, and come to resolution. And, um, you know, if I could plead out to the world, for for you, the caller, don't wait until the smoke is leaving the boxes before you call us, right? Always call when you get into the pickle, not when the pickle is so, you know, tightly wound around you that you, you, you feel like you have no escape. Um, we're always here for you. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. 
All right, guys. Uh, last but not least, uh, this is really in, unless you guys want to comment on it. I, I think it's pretty cool, and, and um, I'll just mention it here. The Infocom is actually going to be at another show, not their show, but the USA Science and Engineering Festival happens uh, April fifth, uh, April fifth, April twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. Uh, it's happening at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in D.C. This is a cool thing, and this is the why I think this is a cool thing. Um, this festival is strictly geared to promote science, engineering, technology, and math education, um, and according to their website, to inspire the next generation of leadership in those fields. Uh, in case you all missed the memo, we're in the STEM industry. Uh, that's the thing is we do science and math and engineering uh, and technology. So we are a part of the STEM, and anything that we can do as an industry and as individuals in that in the industry I think is a good thing. And so good on, on, on uh, Infocom for doing this. Uh, they're going to be at uh, Hall A. Uh, their booth is number 231 if you happen to be in the area or you happen to be going to the uh, to the festival there. So. It's nice that they're actually doing a classroom too. Yeah. Yeah, and they're sponsoring something called the Nifty Fifty, which is mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it's a it's a school program actually, um, and it's for uh, for high school uh, for high school uh, middle I'm sorry middle and or high school, um, so uh, that's kind of cool too. So, I think this actually goes back to the conversation we had earlier. It's it's um, if something like this can spark the communication and the education industry to yes. say, hey, you know, this is a real thing, you know, this is a real uh, career path. Uh, that would be fantastic. So, yeah, again, kudos to Focom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, gentlemen, that's going to do it uh, for this week. Uh, with us has been Mr. Mike Faulkner. Mike is the manager of engineering services for Agavitexture. Thank you, sir. Sure. Thank you. It's been great. And where can people find you or Avitexture? Um, Avitexture.com. I'm Mike.Faulkner at Avitexture.com if you want to email me. Uh yeah, let's let's just stick with that. <laughs> okay, that'll work. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Iselli, Senior Curriculum Developer for Crestron Electronics. Thank you, sir. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Thanks where, for having me. If, if you want people to find you and or Crestron, where would they do that? Uh, the main website, of course, Crestron.com, uh, and I can usually be found at 36,000 feet. Going between Chicago and Jersey, usually. And, yeah, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <Yeah. laughs> Chicago and somewhere. Uh, my name is Tom Albright. Don't follow me. Uh, go to the website, avnation.tv. <laughs> avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Good Lord Almighty. Um, <laughs> our co One of our cohorts, George Tucker, has actually just started yet another program on lighting for, with the lighting guy. So uh, we have pro lighting. We've got uh, our weekly AV app show with Matt Scott and uh, Phil Cordell, the AV professional. Um, so all sorts of things. Uh, we will just we'll post a new uh, education-focused uh, program called EdTech uh, this very next week. So, yeah, go by the website, avnation.tv. avnation.tv, thanks to Middle Atlantic and their TechPed technology pedestals, Middle Atlantic products, what great systems are built on. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for AV Week.